Blog Talk Radio. I gotta listen till the mic turns off. But now I'm here, I cannot go soft. I found myself when the rest got lost. I'll be the last one that they write off. I gotta listen till the mic turns off. But now I'm here, I cannot go soft. I found myself when the rest got lost. I'll be the last one that they write on. I know we're up and coming, but I feel as if we made it. Imagination is greater than public education. Quotations, I'm just saying, never let your dreams be taken. Take the hatred, build it up, and bring it down as motivation. Success is waiting, so why ignore it? When you can meet it, tomorrow morning. To yelling, where you going? Touring, open up the curtains. As of now, I'm loving what I'm doing, so it's worth it. I was told it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, that's what they said to me. Middle school a loser, now I'm standing with integrity. And they see, maybe he just may be greater than he may seem. Put together my team, I dream reality. I gotta live till the mic turns off. Now I'm here, I cannot go slow I found myself when the rest got lost I'll be the last one that they write off I gotta live till the rest is But now I'm here, I cannot go slow I found myself when the rest got lost I'll be the last one that they write on. I was born to kill hits, maybe I'll get filthy rich Dirty money coming clean, premature I thought of it Little boy with big dreams, I was just a bigger thinker Step outside the box and maybe you can see the bigger picture Making shows with bigger crowds, hold more people than allowed Better get your ticket, cause in an hour they're selling out Everybody's hands up, know the song and yelling at it Even if you ain't a fan, you leave my show and love me now People got dreams, don't ever chase it Unused talent, go ahead and waste it Live it, I'll shine them in the face it Forget past and try to erase it I never have and I never will Receive if you understood my path And you understood my need I gotta live till the mic turns off But now I'm here, I cannot go soft I found myself when the rest got lost I'll be the last one that they write off I gotta live till the mic turns off But now I'm here, I cannot go slow I found myself when the rest got lost I'll be the last one that they write off Hello everybody, once again, we are here with The Right Way Produced by BackSportsPage.com I'm your host, Malik Wright my co-hosts Alex and Brian. Mike could not join us tonight, but we got a good show in store for you guys. A short show in store, but still nonetheless a good show. You guys, are you ready? Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, well, we got a lot of exciting stuff to talk about. But I want to kick it off first with the Percy, the return of Percy Harvin. Who would have thought that, you know, the retired receiver would come out of retirement to help the Buffalo Bills brass? Um, certainly, I, I saw it as very, very, very intriguing. Something I was a surprising move, especially a guy who had an injury-filled type of career. To see him come back, and you know, I guess they didn't say it, but you know, what they're really asking to do is fill the shoes of Sammy Watkins. Um, what do you guys think about that? I'll start with you, Alex. Um, I, I definitely did not expect to see him back this year, um, but I'm happy that it did. Uh, 
I definitely think that he he retired a little bit early, kind of like uh, like some of the players have been doing now. Um, I mean, he just came into the league in 2009, so that's um, like seven-ish seasons that he played before. Uh, it's, I mean, he's he's been hurt, but it's it, it was early, and I didn't want to see him go. He's a good talent, um, and I think he can help the Bills team, but I don't know if he's going to be what the Bills need to to become any type of contender. But I think he'll definitely make the offense more explosive, uh, get some of the attention off Sammy Watkins, um, maybe help Watkins play better, um, at least for, for the first quarter or two of the game. Um, once the Seahawks are still trying to figure out what he can do. Well, I, I like that response a lot. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Um. I think it kind of just shows how desperate the Bills are to find a receiver to replace Marquise Goodwin, who's been hurt. They've had a lot of really, really bad injuries. You know Sammy Watkins has been hurt. Um, they just have no one that can create separation. Um, I think that's Sammy Watkins. I think that's Sammy Watkins. Um, I think Percy Harvin – Percy Harvin was legit the truth. Like, he was the truth coming out of college. Like, he was so filthy. He was so fast. He was so explosive. And – he retired a little too early. I mean, he's had a lot of injury problems. I don't know if he can sustain his health throughout the entire season. But, I mean, I think they're just taking a flyer, trying to get get to around like 10 wins if they can, you know, make a couple games here and there. But it just kind of shows, like, what state that offense is in, especially without LaShawn McCoy because you remember how great LaShawn McCoy was and how great the Bills offense looked when they were on that four-game winning streak, and now all of a sudden all these injuries happen, and they're right back to four and four. So I think they're just trying to do something to save this season, and Rex Ryan is really trying to do something to save his job. Because honestly, before the season, if you told me one coach would get fired, you told me to t- ask me to tell you one coach would get fired, I'd say Rex Ryan, because I think he will get fired. So, I mean, that's why I say. Okay, I like the response a lot. Um, I mean, I, I, me personally, uh, Percy Harvin coming back to the NFL, wow. Uh, something you didn't expect. But, nonetheless, um, is it going to help them immediately? Maybe, in the return game. Uh, in the receiving game, not so much. I really don't – I never really looked at Percy Harlan as, you know, anything amazing. <coughs> I mean, I always thought he was okay. You know, but, you know, he's definitely a, a, a speedster. But um, I guess time will tell. You know, you, you guys know that's my favorite thing to say on the show is time will tell. So, uh, with that being said, let's switch it up real quick. Speaking of time, uh, you know, the Rams – seem to be neglecting Jared Goff a bit. Now, a report came out today. They said that they're not willing to start Jared Goff until they are out of the playoff hunt. Now, I thought that was a really odd thing for an uh, NFL football team to say, okay, we're not going to start our starting franchise quarterback until we're out of the playoff hunt. So, Brian, what do you think about that? Um, well, coming, looking at the preseason, Goff was not leading. And, and what is Goff going to bring that Case Keenum doesn't? Other than excitement, um, but there's no there's no harm in taking a flyer and starting Jared Goff. He is your franchise quarterback. He's your number one pick. He's the guy you drafted to take your team. He he he's the type of quarterback that they don't need him to be great though. They don't need him. that defense is going to allow what like 17 points a game throughout the regular season. So that the, so he doesn't have to do anything spectacular. But they obviously didn't think he was ready. 
they keep teasing the public, saying he's going to be better week in, week in and week out, talking about how he uh, is taking first-team reps um, in practice during the bye week, and people thinking that he's going to start. And honestly, as long as they start Case Keenum, it's not going to be long until Jared Goff gets to start because they won't be in the playoff at all. I, I, hey, that was a very great response. What do you think, Alex? Um, well, see, I've been asked this question a lot because I am I'm a Los Angeles Rams fan. Um, and honestly, I've, I've basically given the same response. Um, just want to throw something in real quick. This was tweeted out about four minutes ago by one of the, the Rams ESPN beat writers. Uh, it's a quote from Jeff Fisher that says, Case is starting. Um and he said he's going to play, but big picture, this is about making sure that he's sharp and gives us a chance to win. Um, in my opinion, uh, Rams front office gives way too much trust into Jeff Fisher uh, after his myriad of unsuccessful seasons in, in uh, St. Louis and now L.A. Um, and when you draft a quarterback first overall and the quarterback you're starting is Case Keenum, um, once the team starts losing, once the team loses two games in a row, just – Put, put Goff in. You got to live and die by this first pick um, because he was your first pick. I was in favor of drafting Wentz. You can ask anyone who knew me back then. I was furious when the Rams drafted Goff, even though I kind of knew it was going to happen. I wouldn't believe it myself. But Goff, he was the pick. He is the Rams for the next however many years, however good or bad that is. And just live and die by him. Let him play. Let him go out there. Because the only way to get better – is by experience. Getting better is not taking first-team reps against the practice team. Getting better is taking first-team reps against the Seattle Seahawks or the San Francisco 49ers. And honestly, in my opinion, they need to just put him on the field and, and let him go. The Niners might as well be a practice team. You know, I'm, 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 right, I'm right there with you. I think we do need to let him just go and see what this kid got. You know, I said got, wow. <laughs> That's not proper English. Sorry about that, guys. Um, Anyway, guys, uh, you guys know you guys have my email. I'm Malik Wright at gmail.com. Also, Facebook, The Right Way with Malik Wright. Uh, Instagram is The Right Way at BSP, and Twitter is The Right Way at BSP. Um, like I said, we take questions. We answer all your questions, um, and we talk about them on the show. That's what the show's about, discussing all things NFL-related. And with that being said, we are going to go to the next topic. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a very, very short show today. Uh, so we're going to switch to the next topic, though. Uh, Derek Carr lighting it up for the Raiders. I just want to get you guys input on that. Is, you know, Derek Carr the real deal? Because, you know, the, as much as I want to give this guy credit, as much as I want to, you know, say Derek Carr is going to be amazing, I can't help but, you know, when you think of the name Carr, it brings me back to his brother, David Carr. So, you know, we saw how high expectations were for him. I mean, surely he didn't produce at the rate, the rate that his brother's doing right now, but it's just something about when he had a sibling that played in the NFL, <coughs> nonetheless the same exact position as you, and they couldn't get it done. I mean, it's it's hard for me to look at Derek Carr and take him serious, I guess that's what I'm trying to say, especially him playing for the Oakland Raiders. I mean, it's just it's just like, you know, the best predictor of future behavior is fast behavior, and, you know, the Raiders have shown me nothing since the Madden era like that, uh, you know, Suggest that they're actually a serious contender. So I mean, I'm I'm not taking any shock at him. I'm just posing a question, question that I've gotten from multiple people that 
wanted me to, uh, you know, talk about Derek Carr because I think I don't give enough love to Derek Carr on the show. I think Derek Carr is a fantastic quarterback, but some might argue that, you know, you know, he's a little bit, you know, we, we, might, we might be jumping the gun on it. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, let's get your take on it. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Um, well, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, I was I was real big on the Raiders. Um, and I said that the their proving game was the Broncos, and they went out and proved it. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you, coming out of college, uh, I thought Derek Carr wasn't going to be good. I thought that he wasn't ready. Um, I thought that he wasn't an NFL quarterback, and I thought that his stats uh, were reflective of him playing at Fresno State and not at a big school. Um, and I will be the first person to admit that in that topic I was completely wrong. Um, Derek Carr's in his third season now, and he is he is real. He is an NFL quarterback, and he is someone I'd want to build a franchise around. Um, right now, as of this point in the season, he's got 17 touchdowns and three interceptions and 2,500 yards. Um, through nine games, that's pretty impressive. Uh, playing in the best division in football right now, that's pretty impressive. Um, and he's just he's, – he's gunslinging. Um, he does have talented wide receivers, which obviously helps. He has the second-best offensive line in football, which obviously helps. Um, but the pieces falling right around you doesn't always make you a good quarterback. And Carr is, is a great quarterback right now. I'd say he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League based on this year, not overall based on this year. Um, I think I, he'd be a blessing for anyone's fantasy team. He'd be a blessing for any NFL team right now. And I think that Derek Carr will be a name on ESPN for years to come. Um, Brian. Um, I, I really like Derek Carr. I, I did like him at Fresno State. I didn't think he'd be this good. I, I think he's really, really, really good because he does everything the team asks him to do. I mean, you look at last week. He had 500 some odd yards. What was it, like 513 franchise record, won the game in overtime, and this week what happens? He plays the Denver Broncos, one of the best, by far, actually, in my opinion, the best pass defense in the NFL, and he only puts up 100. Um, he doesn't even put up 200 yards, and the team wins the game, and everyone's super happy because that's what he does. That's the job of a quarterback. He does what you ask him to do. He doesn't make mistakes. He can get the ball down the field. He has the perfect weapons to to around him. And honestly, when I think about the Raiders, oh, when I was watching the game last night, I thought to myself, like, when was the last time I saw the Raiders on primetime? Like, when was the last time anyone was excited about the Oakland Raiders? Like, I don't see this stadium a lot at all. I see that stadium more as a baseball stadium than a football stadium. And to see that team and bring so much excitement, it, it, it's so so much of it is on their car. That car has been the the catalyst for this this, this renaissance of talent that's happened in Oakland. Him, Jack Rio, Crabtree, Latavius Murray had a big game. They have one of the best offensive lines in the league. I think they they played really really well last night. They proved a lot last night, and I do remember you last week saying that they would that they would go out and prove themselves against the Broncos. So I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, no, I think he's a great quarterback. Agreed. I will not. Uh, I will not argue with Derek Carr. 
very, very good quarterback. Can't, I don't like to use the word great because we already deemed Andrew Luck great, and well, we see how that's turning out. But he's very good, very good quarterback, very huge upside. We'll have to see. We'll have to let the chips fall, and they're going to fall where they're going to fall. Um, but with that being said, I want to switch topics to Jamie Collins and the New England Patriots taking a blockbuster trade. I know it's a little bit late. I know we're late talking about it because we weren't on uh, air for you guys last week. My apologies again. Um, but, you know, the trade shocked me, but what was even more shocking is what led up to the trade, what happened to cause the trade. And, you know, I don't know if you guys got the backstory, but the report came out pretty much that Bill Belichick called the players meeting, had a meeting with players, and he asked basically, who wants money? And uh, two players raised their hands, but one player put his hands down, actually, after Bill Belichick gave him a glare. Um, Jamie Collins raised his hand and said he wanted to get paid money. And Bill Belichick said, uh, who else wants to get paid money? And Devin McCourty went to raise his hand. He looked at Devin McCourty, Devin McCourty puts his hand down, and he, Devin McCourty basically says, uh, Coach, I'll take a, a, a pay cut, actually. Um, and uh, Bill Belichick says, then goes on to say, all right, Jamie Collins, you want to want to pay? You want to want to want to pay raise? You want to raise in your pay? Okay. Meetings dismissed. Less than uh, two hours later, he's traded to the Cleveland Browns of all teams. Who? The Cleveland Browns. Who? The Cleveland Browns. What? The Cleveland Browns. Bill Belichick's old team. Now, the way I look at it, I think that's Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick. I think that's Bill Belichick, quote unquote, teaching his player a lesson, teaching football players a lesson that there is no I need you, there is no I am team. This is. This is it's, it's all about us as a collective unit. Now, do I agree with the tactic? Absolutely not. You just got rid of one of the best football players, you know, in the National Football League, let alone one of the best linebackers. I mean, the guy, Jane Collins, can move around. He's a hybrid player. You can make him a pass rusher, a linebacker, anything. And he, arguably, to me, was a big reason to the Patriots' uh, Super Bowl push as, uh, on defense, uh, you know, along with Revis and other, and other people at the time. Um, I just think it was a little uh, – excuse my language, asinine, to, um, you know, let go of a, a player of this magnitude. But, hey, who am I? It's the great Bill Belichick. That's what everybody says. You know, Bill Belichick can, you know, he lives and dies by his decisions. I just think it was a pretty much odd decision. I mean, if you're going to trade him, I mean, the Patriots could have easily gotten a first-round pick from this guy. Yet still, they traded him to the Cleveland Browns for a third-round pick. I don't know, but I don't know what you guys think, especially you being a Patriots fan, Brian, but to me, this has, uh, you know, a lesson written all over it to me, pretty much. That's what I think. And I think it's a little bit crazy that he did that. But what do you think, Brian? Um, that story made me laugh. That's like the most Belichick thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like, Bill Belichick would do that. That's And as much as I really do like Jamie Collins, I'm really going to miss Jamie Collins. I mean, I miss Chandler Jones, like, Chandler Jones has been spectacular for Arizona. Jamie Collins is going to be great for Cleveland. But, I mean, what what can I say at this point? Like, like what can I actually – can I really be that upset? Like, Bill Belichick's done this so many times, and it's worked almost like every time. He he really is the greatest coach of all time. Like, I, I can't I can't really say anything at this point. And that's, that's the luxury you have when you've won four Super Bowls. Yes, somebody. Like, that's – Gus Gus, Bra- Gus Bradley would not trade their best player, or if he wouldn't trade Paul Pozlesny for a third round pick. Like, but Bill Belichick can do that because he's Bill Belichick. 
And if it was anyone else, it would be scrutinized. And if it was any other team, the team would be set back dramatically. But I noticed that he didn't start against Buffalo. And I was wondering why he didn't start against Buffalo. And Landon uh, Roberts started against Buffalo. And apparently, the Patriots really like Landon Collins. I even like Landon Collins. Landon Collins also started against um, Cincinnati. And they uh, they think they have a quality backup behind them who, who embodies what the Patriot way, quote-unquote, is all about. So, I mean, in Bill Trust, I guess, I mean, I'm dumbfounded by this trade. I was up, and I mean, a third-round pick? Oh, my, are you kidding me, a third-round pick? Like, is that third-round pick going to become Jamie Collins? Are you kidding me? Like, well, how good is that third-round pick going to be? Like, seriously. But... but I, I can't really say anything. I can't. He's been in his whole career. His work, his whole career, especially in Foxborough. So, I don't know. Yeah. I hear you, Brian. I hear you. What do you think, Alex? Um, see, when, when they made this trade, I was like, I was obviously scratching my head like most of the country. Um, and then I started looking stuff up. I started reading stuff about it. Um, because, I, I mean, I'm not a Patriots fan. So I don't really know much about Jamie Collins besides the fact that he's he's pretty good. He was pretty good uh, Keystone player on their defense. Um, and I read something that said that um, it, it got to the point where the Patriots decided that he wasn't part of their future, that he they, he wasn't going to get franchise tagged, and that they weren't happy with him playing against the run, and were thinking about not putting him in all the time during the games. And, and after I read that, I think I kind of realized that um, Belichick, Belichick knew what he was doing before he did this trade, that he realized oh, yeah, that, he that everyone thinks that Landon Collins is uh, – Jamie Collins is, is this is keystone player for the Patriots' defense, but he didn't think of it that way. And honestly, I wouldn't argue with Bill Belichick over defensive philosophy in the NFL. Um and obviously he, he knew what he was doing with this trade. And I think in a way he kind of, since he is, is a big player in, in their draft choices, I think he kind of said, we can get rid of you right now and we can put the future of this team back in my hands with a pick. Because I think he's confident within himself to make good picks uh, and picks that will help the Patriots. Because they, uh, I mean, they don't play with big name defenses. And I think that a third round pick could be, It'll be something big for them. I mean, obviously you don't know until the player's in his fifth, sixth, something year. But I think that he made an example out of locker room. He needed to take control. And he put him off to a team that isn't going to cause them any type of issues at all this season, whether it's in the playoffs, even in the Super Bowl, obviously, or in the regular season. Good point, good point. Um, another thing I want to talk to you guys about, Trouble in the 49ers organization. They're saying there are rumors that Chip Kelly is bulking, is, 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 you know, is dying to get back to the college level. Chip Kelly refused reports, but there is a growing, um, there is a growing uh, <coughs> problem over there in the organization with Chip Kelly and G and Trent Balky. Now, to me, this seems all too, uh, uh, you know, familiar. Um, Trent Baalke, I mean, whenever the 49ers is going to be like, okay, Trent Baalke is a problem. I mean, you, you lost the best coach in football 
behind this guy in Harbaugh. And now, here we are again. I'm not saying, um, I, in no way, shape, or form, in German, am I saying that Chip Kelly should be compared to Harbaugh, but I'm just saying, if you already lose the best coach in football behind uh, Trent Baalke, and then, you know, your new coach comes in, is also starting to have problems with Trent Baalke, chances are the problem is here, Trent Baalke. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the 49ers and um, Jed York. I don't know if they're going to live and die by this guy. But, you know, something has to be said or, you know, something has to be done. I mean, you know, 49ers got to get out of this mediocrity. You know, um, you know, yeah, it's, you know, I guess it does start with the quarterback. Um, so, but, you know, what do you guys think about that? It should, it, it, do you blame the problems, the 49ers' recent problems? I'm talking about this year and – Years prior on Trent Baalke, or do you just think that the 49ers just need a revamp in the total roster? Let's start with you, Alex. Um, well, uh, I'm going to try to be as, as unbiased as possible here, as I always do, because I absolutely hate San Francisco 49ers as a Rams fan. Um, but I think that I think that there's just it's just a mesh of personalities here, and obviously. Uh, now that this being the second coach that issues have, have arised with, um, that the the issue might might be in the front office of the 49ers. Um, whether whether it's with the GM or whether it's with ownership or whether it's with just, just the personalities not driving. Um, I know Harbaugh is a great football mind. He is the best coach in college football, in my opinion, right now. Um, and he likes to control his team. Chip Kelly also likes to have more control over his team than just coaching. He likes personnel control. Um, and I think that's where, where some of the personalities come in line. Um, and I think the 49ers would be better off hiring a coach that maybe is new on the scene, uh, that's looking for his big break, that's looking for his shot at being a head coach, um, and kind of going from there so that, that uh, Trent can, can do the personnel. Um, I heard he was on a plane to Ole Miss right as uh, Chad Kelly tore his ACL to go talk to him. So obviously uh, – um, the 49ers front office has a plan for the future. Uh, they're not giving up on the future, and they're, they're ready to make another step. Um, I think they just need to find the coach that, that fits with them. I don't think that they necessarily – I don't think this is anyone's fault. I think it's just unfortunate circumstances, and I think it was hiring the best available coach rather than the best coach for your organization that fits. Good point. Brian, mm-hmm. Um, the 49ers are a dumpster fire, man. I mean, they, they hire, they get rid of one of the best coaches in football uh, a couple of years ago. And as a Michigan fan, I'm not complaining. But he, you, you see the effect that it had on the rest of the team. Then it, it was really strange after they, after that year because they went in and then all of a sudden all these players were started retiring and leaving. And then they hired Jim Tom Shula, puzzling move, and they fire him after one year. And that, that's, like, my, one of my biggest pet peeves about, like, front offices in the National Football League. Why hire a coach if you're going to keep it for one year? Like, if you're to Cleveland Browns, like, if you're going to hire a coach, have a plan for that coach that, that's more than one season. Because the Niners knew they were going to be bad, yet they, they had to go out and get, get Kelly as well. Chip Kelly belongs in the college game. I mean, Chip, Chip Kelly's game never really really uh, 
translated to <coughs> in the first place, other than the one season in, in Philadelphia. I don't know. It's just, it's just really upsetting because you see how you see how good the team was, and and you remember like Richard Sherman, John at that Michael Crabtree in the NFC Championship, and that was legitimately it. That tip by by Sherman like was the end of the San Francisco Forty Nine ers, and in twenty twelve like when 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 Kaepernick ran for what was it one seventy five or whatever it was against the Packers, I thought to myself, this team's gonna win like before this kid retires, they're gonna have like eight Super Bowls. Like this is absolutely ridiculous. Like no one can stop this dude. Like the Packers are absolutely just they just got shredded by Colin Kaepernick, and he was just this revolutionary quarterback and then everything just fell through just in the blink of an eye. It was absolutely incredible. But a lot of it doesn't have to do with the quarterback. The team is just not good. The team's just not good. They don't have a good coach. They don't have a good defense. And they're the worst team in football. I don't know. There's not much, yeah, there's point, much more to say. Well, we had a caller calling in. Let me get to it. They call us the right way with Malik Wright. Who am I speaking with? Evan? How you doing? I'm doing good. All right, so you see as we're talking about uh, the 49ers and uh, the organization. Just want to get your input on that. What do you think about that? I think that the 49ers in general are a, uh, a mess, and I think for Chip Kelly, everything starts at the quarterback, and with everything going on with Gabbert and – and Kaepernick, it, I mean, you're more about Kaepernick in the news about this whole protesting thing than you do with your field, and that's, that's not something you want from any quarterback, and you don't want that from any professional player. And it's, Chip Kelly does not have results from a quarterback. He cannot be a successful coach. Look at him when he was in Oregon. You know, he had Mariota, and Mariota was on fire, and that's all they talked about. And he came to Philly, and, and immediately when he was in Philly, his biggest thing was, finding a quarterback, and he didn't have one and see how it panned out in Philly, and now he's in San Fran, and uh, it looks like he could be moving on from San Fran now and looking for his franchise quarterback so he can become a franchise coach. I like the response. I like the response. Um, let me ask you this. Do you think Chip Kelly was the right hire for the right time or not? I don't think so. I, I think Chip Kelly is a is a coach who needs a set-up system for him to take over and then put his own mark on, but I don't think he can go somewhere without a quarterback and be successful because he gets frustrated when they don't get the results in his offense because his offense is all about the quarterback. Good response, good response. Well, thanks for tuning in to Right Way. Appreciate the support, Evan. Um, once again, guys, you guys know you guys can reach me at my email, therealmalikwright at gmail.com, Facebook, The Right Way with Malik Wright, Twitter, the right way of BSP and Instagram. The right way of BSP. Now, uh, I gotta simply do the segment because, as you guys know, I am the official Bengals uh, cover guy. I, I, you guys uh, say this on the show a lot. <laughs> um, the, the back sports page is cover guy for the Bengals, um, so I cover the Cincinnati Bengals. So, with that being said, it's two day time. So, um, Bengals is coming off by. We got New York Football Giants coming up this week. I will be in attendance to that game. I will be live at that game. I will be meeting, you know, be with the Bengals, uh, whole brass and stuff like that. Um, it should be a very, very interesting time. Um, so, uh, you know, it should be, it's, it's, it's interesting because, like, you know, the Bengals relatively don't do well when they come off bye weeks. So it should be very interesting to see how they uh, 
bounced back. I mean, they, uh, you know, the, the, the big thing going into the bye week was change, 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 change. Now, the only thing I think the Bengals need at this time, the only change they need is a change of a head coach because the Bengals head coach has been the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. I've been saying it since, since I started the show a year and a half ago. He's been the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals since I was in second grade. Since when? Since I was in second grade? Since when? Since I was in second grade, he's been the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Needless to say, guys, I am now 21 years old, and I have not seen a Super Bowl ring. Yeah, so the crickets that you just heard is exactly what goes on when I watch the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, right now, under Marvin Lewis, the Bengals are 0-7 in the playoffs. I'm still waiting for that exclusive playoff win, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that this year because, I repeat, the Bengals will not lose a playoff game this year. Why? Because the Bengals... Uh, by the looks of it, it does not look like a playoff team. So, therefore, if you do not look like a playoff team, there's no way you can lose in the playoffs because you will not be in the playoffs. But enough about beating down on my team. I still think the Bengals will be the New York football giants just because I'm biased and just because I hate New York football giant fans. Um, I do believe that the Bengals are – no, <laughs> in all seriousness, I do think the Bengals are a more talented football team. I don't see a cornerback on that football team that can slow A.J. Green down. Nor do I see uh, – uh, the person on that football team that could slow Tyler Eifert down, especially with that game that he had over in London with the Redskins. And I'm still trying to figure out, guys, um, Brian and Alex, how we tie with, him, with the uh, Redskins in London. Um, it's shocking to me. I don't understand how he did it. But you know what? The Bengals surprised me each and every single week. Every single week they managed to, you know, mess things up somehow or do something wacky. So I want to get you guys input. Brian, I know how much you hate the Bengals, so let's talk. Well, when do I hate the, when do I hate the Bengals? Anyway. Um, oh, I'm sorry. You have a the Bengals. <laughs> um, the Bengals, to me, should be the Giants. And you talk about me hating the Bengals. I really hate the Giants, as you, you would expect. But I think they're a much better football team than the Giants. I think it'll be a tough game for the Bengals to win. But I think that if there's any – you can't lose hope for the Bengals making the playoffs this year because if there's any year that they can sneak up and win that division, it's this year because that division has fallen off of a cliff. The past two, that past few weeks, they, they've been like 3-13-1, and, and the two and two of the three wins were against each other. That thing, the, the AFC North has been absolutely terrible this year. The Steelers look like dumpster fire three out of their four losses. And their four wins, they look great. So they're just completely inconsistent. The Ravens' inconsistency on offense. And the Ravens have a really good defense. I know it'll be tough to beat them. But the Ravens are the type of team that no matter what the result is and against any team other than the Browns, it won't surprise you. And that's how kind of how I feel about the Bengals because they have the talent to beat anyone in the NFL. But they just don't seem to have the same mafia, the same mojo as they did last season. So... But hey, they're three, four, they're three, four, and one right now, and first place in that division is four and four. So you never know. Absolutely, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I just really, 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 really want you know uh, a, a change of the guard here in Cincinnati. I really, really, really oh, want I know you a new head coach. I, I, I think I think it's time for that. I think we owe it to. You our fan base. I think we owe it to our organization. There's nothing away from Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis is one of the, uh, he's, oh, he's never, he's like, uh, there's only three black NFL head coaches and he's one of them, I believe. No, four, I'm sorry. 
Uh, he's one of them. So, you know, I, I have nothing against him. I, I want the guy to do well. But if you have been there since 2003 and you haven't done anything since 2003, chances are it's not for you. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get it done. So I'm, I'm being realistic at this point in time. I think the Bengals. The Bengals. I think the Bengals look at Marvin Lewis as a father figure now, and they need someone to come in there and kick their behinds basically and tell them that hey, it's not gonna be easy. You have to go out there and earn your spot, earn your keep every single week. You know, you're not gonna just be. I'm not gonna be the father figure to you and just be like, hey guys, it's all right that you lose. Something that you miss six field goals and it's only week nine. You know, something's got to be said for that. So with that being said, uh, Alex, what do you think? Um, I, I agree with I agree with uh, that the Bengals have uh, still a very good chance of becoming uh, a playoff team this year out of winning their division. Um, I think it's definitely a possibility. I don't think that it's out of uh, out of anyone's reach um, in the whole division, especially them. Um, because if they get hot, they get hot. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton will start throwing well. Uh, they'll start playing well. But I, I do agree with what you're saying. Um, he's been the coach there for a lot of years. Uh, they could use a new coach, and I think that not making the playoffs will be good for them. Because so then, then they'll realize they'll be like, oh my God, like, like we've been on cruise control. We got to wake up. We got to start playing football. Uh, we got to change some things up. Um, and then there's there are people out there in the league that have been waiting to be head coaches, um, that are going to be great head coaches. Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels. Um, is is going to be a great head coach. Um, Kyle Shanahan, when he gets his chance, um, is, is has a good chance of being a head coach. Something that's been talked about for a few years. Jim Mora from UCLA um, should be should be a pretty pretty good head coach. Um, in the NFL, um, and I think that I think that you might as well try it because right now the Bengals, even if they're a playoff team, they're not a Super Bowl team. And if you're not a Super Bowl team, what are you playing for? Um, and and basically, I think they they need to try something new because um, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But if it is broken, you got to do something about it. Um, just just like with the 49ers and Chip Kelly. I don't think Chip Kelly's an NFL coach. I think Chip Kelly's a college coach. Um, but I think there's plenty of college coaches in the opposite situation um, that would work their work their butts off and that would love the opportunity to coach the Bengals, to coach Andy Dalton, A.J. Green, to coach um, this defense that they got going here. Um, and I think that they should explore those options because I think that this head coaching job would be one of the most highly coveted head coaching jobs if it opens up this offseason. Well, I sure hope you are right. And if the Bengals head coaching job does open up, I am pushing for one man and one man only. Final two wide banana. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not pushing for, for uh, John Green. I'm actually pushing for Nick Saban out of Alabama. Uh, speaking of Alabama. He's, he's, he's Alabama not coming fans, to the NFL. He's not in he Alabama. I, I, got, I got to say this real quick. I told all the LSU fans, all these LSU fans that I talked to, we were going to win. And we won. Roll Tide. It's our year again. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have run out of time. We're here on the right way. It's going to be a short show. I already told you guys that. Um, uh, you know, Brian, Alex, anything, any last comments? Um, no, no, no last comments from you guys? 
Rams Rams are going to beat the Jets this weekend. I'll be there. It's going to oh, happen. Oh, I'm super right. excited for Sunday Night Football. Okay. Super duper excited. All right. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys all for tuning in to the right way here live on Blog Talk Radio. Once again, you catch us every Monday night at 8 p.m. And, you know, we are produced by BackSportsPage.com. Special thanks to our producer, Randy Zelia, uh, and the whole entire BackSports page crew. I'm looking forward to being at the Bengals-Giants game live to watch my Cincinnati Bengals destroy the New York football Giants. Uh, I don't know about destroy, but I'm looking forward to a win. Um, so, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a great show. And, you know, like I said, to catch us, you can, all, you can always email me at my email, therealmalikwright at gmail.com, Facebook, The Right Way with Malik Wright, and Instagram, The Right Way at BSP, Twitter, The Right Way at BSP. Um, like I said, uh, you know, I'm always trying to stay active on there and get you guys engaged. Well, guys, it's been a great show. But uh, as you always, as you always will remember, you know, the show will always go on. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. Lay the yeah. Yeah. Kane is in the building. Yeah. Alright, already the show goes on, long night. Every morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the thunder?
you been through, no matter what you into, no matter what you see, when you look outside your window, brown grass or green grass, picket fence or barbed wire, never ever put them down, you just lift your arms higher, raise them to your arms higher, let them know you there, that you struggling, surviving, 